Our focus has been on Samuel, the Old Testament judge, prophet, and priest. And we have gleaned valuable information from his life, as recorded in the book of 1 Samuel, for our study of heavenly authority. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is the radio broadcast known as Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor has discussed the circuit ministry of Samuel and related this to the journeys of the apostles, as well as the ministry of the circuit riders, whose sacrifice was so important to the early years of our country's history. When we left off last time, Pastor Greg had just read in chapter 7, verse 17, how Samuel would always return home after these journeys. So now let's return to the Sunday service for the conclusion of the sermon. And he has a home base. He returned, he always returned. The, the scripture is clear to tell us he always returned after the circuit to Ramah, for his home was there. And we don't know, we said this early on, we, we studied 1 Samuel, we don't know the exact location of Ramah. We're told in 1 Samuel 1.1, it's in the Ephraim Mountains. There are actually six different Old Testament cities named Ramah at different locations in Israel. This is the one in Ephraim's Mountains, Ramathaim Zophim, remember that? You know in uh, chapter 1, verse 19, when it says, And they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their home in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her, and she became pregnant with Samuel. So that's his home, and he goes back to his home, his birthplace, and now becomes a place he lives, where he centers his seat of judgment, and we'll see later on that's where he's buried. And he makes an altar there. So he still ministers as a priest, and it's almost like a temporary replacement for fallen Shiloh as he builds the altar there by his home. And the important point to this section, this scripture, is to know that there needs to be a time for those in ministry to go home. There needs to be a home base. There needs to be a place of rest and stability. And I think any sermon, any study series on heavenly authority should emphasize that for those in leadership, that they need to have some type of stability and home structure. Time of sacrifice is important, and the time of always coming home is important. We know we've studied how when Paul went on his missionary journeys, I'll just read one quick section in Acts chapter 14. We read about how he went back around the area that he preached in to reinforce. In verse 26, it says, From there they sailed to Antioch. This is Antioch in Syria, where the church sent them off to begin with, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. The work was done. At a certain point, the work is done. The circuit's completed, and they go back home. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the church. So at a certain point, Paul comes back. He comes back to the home church. It happens again in chapter 18, verse 22. I won't read that. 
ministers in their ministry need a time of refreshing, a time to go home or to have a home base so that there's some normalcy. And sometimes what happens in missionary work or when people are sent out into certain ministries, some of them are difficult ministries, certain people that are in difficult situations or terrible sins. If they don't take a break from the circuit and come back home, or if they don't have some type of home stability, they get overcome by the very temptation that they're looking to seek to end for the people they're ministering to when they fall under it and they succumb to it because they felt they should be out there all the time and they didn't realize the time to go out and there's a time to come in. Especially people that go out into difficult areas. They go out in the missionary field. Especially people that may not go out to other countries, but they're ministering to a certain group that are loaded with demons in certain areas. If they're in that day in and day out without a break, without any type of home to go back to, it's not healthy. It says here that Samuel always returned to Ramah. And it's true for the believing leaders in the New Testament in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sends out the 12, right? And then what happens? You read about how they came back and reported. They come back to him. There, there was a time and a season. There was a, just like God establishes weeks and months and years, there was a period they were supposed to go out, then a period they come back, and then he would send them back out again. When the 70 was sent out in Luke chapter 10, what happens? Then they return and they tell him what happened and Jesus rejoices how the demons were subject to them. There's a time to go out, a time to go in, a time to recharge, to have a life led in the Lord, to have some type of normalcy as well as being able to preach about it. This way you've lived it so you can tell others the way they should conduct their families in the Lord. There needs to be a stability and a rational time to regroup uh, and to learn to live with people. It's good for ministry. I think sometimes in zeal, people forget that. They forget they need a base. They need a home base because they're human beings also. And what's true for those in authority is really true for all Christians. There should be some, some home center, some place of stability for their children, that they know that even though their parents might be involved in ministry work and be going out and doing this or that, that they have a foundation, they have a rock of a resting place. Otherwise, a strain becomes overwhelming to them. And a lot of kids rebel against it terribly and they don't believe it all because it's just too much. There needs to be that home center, that stable resting place. Even Samuel had a home base that after he went through and did all the hard circuiting, he came back to. And in America as a whole, you fear for this country because even though people live in homes, they live in gorgeous homes in America in many places, the idea of a stable family life that brings stability, that allows for peace for the children, allows for a rest after the week's work, is disappearing. The concept of family is disappearing. The concept of home, houses have become houses, not homes. Many times the work has become the home. And there's a loss of stability, there's a loss of contact, there's a loss of rest. And those are the things that bring for peace of mind. The simple times that you're with your family recharge you for the times that God will use you in your jobs or in your ministry.
Every Christian has some ministry to do. And I think more ministries would be effective and you wouldn't have some of the gross sins that you hear about if there was more attention to, as Samuel does here, going back to Ramah and understanding the importance of Ramah for them to be effective to minister to others. Because you can't give what you don't have. And unless you have that, then how can you start going out to the nations and telling them to repent and change their families around and change their circumstances around? So you have here this paradox of tremendous sacrifice. We read it about the circuit riders. We read it about Paul. Tremendous sacrifice for the Lord, doing what others would not do, putting things on the line the way a person, a normal person would say, what are these Christians doing? Why would they sacrifice though? But then also understanding home, understanding stability, understanding the time to go out and there is a time to come in and to rest in God. And you need that home base. You need that home structure. Your children need that home structure. It's so important. Okay. We'll just close one last thing here. In uh, chapter 8, now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel. Remember we studied Joel. Joel will be the father of Heman, the Levitical singer, the one over that large family. Actually, one of the ways God prospers Samuel and establishes his household is not quite the way we would think. It doesn't come from a, a kingly dynasty that comes out of him. Rather, it's going to be once his sons don't do what they're supposed to do, he'll raise up his grandson. And under David, Heman will be this great anointed singer and will have tremendous number of offspring, which will be the Levitical singers of the Psalms and will play a major role in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and worship in Israel's history as a glorious kingdom. But as far as his own direct sons, the name of the firstborn was Joel, the name of his second son, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. That's, remember, down in the Negev, the lower limits of Israel's border. So he's up in Ramah. They're down there. He makes some judges to bring God's word down to the southern part of Israel. But what happens, verse 3? But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after the sinus gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Just what happened with Eli and his sons happens all over again, but Samuel's not going to let it go as far as Eli let it go. How history repeats itself. How here his sons seen all that he's done, and still they corrupt they turn aside, they take bribes, they pervert justice. And they don't fulfill the role as judges. And Lord willing, we'll see how this plays out in the history of Israel next time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those people who so sacrificed in our nation's history and in the history of the church, Father God, that your word, which is taken so much for granted in this country, could go forth how we forget there was such darkness that could come into this land, how we forget the darkness that was around this globe 2,000 years ago before your men went out and your men and women preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations. 
the demonism, the paganism, the things, the way people lived, the way families lived. We cannot imagine, we cannot conceive of it, though we begin to see it in our own country today as we revert back to paganism. What horrible darkness and how much was sacrificed to go out into that darkness and bring the light. And we thank you, Father, for those men and women. We ask, Lord, that we would be faithful to their memory and in the convenience that we have, relatively speaking today, not be ashamed to speak out and tell people the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In his name we pray, amen. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. I know that it is difficult in today's fast-paced world to take time to write, but if you could drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement are most appreciated. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service for Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle is held in Madison, Connecticut at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the upper room of the yellow and white brick building. May the Lord keep you safe in his blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve him.